0: Guys, so this episode, you guys really want to hear my Isla song? I song, love everybody wants to about the dog. It's not just us. The it's song about the dog who it. You need to up? bring
1: your music to the masses. All right,
0: no, I'm gonna bring it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I should've named you Cryla because you're barking all the time why don't you just shut your mouth now isla so isla was a dog that just went to a family for home from canine and we're so relieved because she doesn't shut up but now she does because she's not here
1: now so. jay gets to deal with isla yeah he gets to listen to her beautiful
0: voice every night and all day long
1: hey guys welcome to the full spectrum warrior podcast so i'm your host james guthrie so we're surrounded by some friends and, and we just did a really awesome, awesome dog training course for a couple days. Had a great time. Um, of course, I'm here with Rich Graham. Hey, guys. And so we're just gonna go around the table, let everybody introduce themselves. Go ahead, bud. I'm JJ Boone. I'm Mike Ramirez. And this is Chris McDonald. He's <laughs> yeah. hiding. He's Very waving shy. his hand, Chris saying Donald no. Saying <laughs> no. Like he's not if here. Before you should be in
0: here. <laughs> but I'm gonna be the witness. He is sitting right behind the microphone, so if he chimes in, it was Chris. If anything bad happens on this episode, it was Chris. We're blaming Chris. Yeah, dogs. <laughs> bo- it, it's amazing. Dogs brought us all together for this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It is kind of cool. So, J.J., what's your background?
2: Uh, I was a point man in the Marines in Fallujah. Um, after that, I went to college at the University of Montana. It's okay, guys.
1: Don't hold it against him that he was in the Marines. It's all right. Okay, yeah, go yeah. ahead. No,
0: he's actually really smart. Aren't,
1: aren't ready for <laughs> Marines yet. <doesn't> that <laughs> what I <understand>? oh.
0: <laughs>
2: Yeah, I went to the University of Montana, and uh, now I drill horizontal oil wells all over the world.
0: Very cool. Very cool. You also work with um, high school football high school, players, high school yep. football players as, uh, as one of their coaches, right? Yeah,
2: I coach. Uh, they call me the culture coach. Uh, there seems to be, lately, um, a lot of the coaches are finding the kids aren't what they were, say are when they grew up like we did, outside without technolo- as much technology. Yeah. And um, they have a real problem with harnessing, I guess, the primal instincts we all come with yeah. You know, and, and turning it into something constructive, to where they can learn that you know I can I can do things through pain, I can push through adversity, I can make a comeback if necessary. You know, so I I came in to help them, basically teach manhood. Yeah. You know, that they're really lacking nowadays is this, this younger breed. I hate to say it, I'm actually like a, a millennial. I'm like you know.
0: You're right on the tipping yeah, point of it. Yeah. Exactly.
2: So I hate saying it, but
1: I am. So, so you're but, the tip of the spear. <sighs> Dude you're, the Dude, you're part of the millennial spearhead. That's
2: really dull spear. so make sure you get a <laughs> running start, okay? Very but millennials can't really run anymore either, so.
1: It's
0: not safe. It's, poke your
2: eye out.
1: You just get to the top of the hill and lean forward, eventually you're going to run. <laughs> That's
2: over to you, Kelly.
0: Yeah. All right, so Mike, what, what a little bit about your background for the people. Uh, my name is
3: Michael Ramirez. I own and operate Third Eye Canine. I've been uh, in and around working
0: dogs for well over two decades now what I do and it's what I love very cool so if you guys have tuned in before uh, my name is Rich Graham veteran seal and uh, I do firearms training mainly and um, tactics consulting for different departments and companies but uh, also we have the <coughs> master of front snap
1: kicks yeah
0: <laughs> I've mastered a technique <laughs> of delivering a combination of front snap kicks and uppercuts <laughs> via Bluetooth technology <laughs> so they will get impacts patent
1: pending. Yeah. patent pending so.
0: <laughs> um trade secrets don't <laughs> let china get it i don't want them to clone my my process they're and how they're working is. on
1: reverse engineering your front snap kicks as we speak yeah so they just don't have the bionic technology <laughs> yet not not yet
0: yeah, not yet it's probably coming it's probably coming but i'll tell you what if, when the world gets their hands on the capability of delivering uppercut front snap kicks via bluetooth technology from around the world we're gonna have a whole other thing to talk about because <laughs> <laughs> you think things are dangerous now you just wait yeah so Chris, are you going to pretend like you're not here or you want to chime in? Uh, I'm a contractor from New Jersey and
4: got involved with dogs, I guess, 12, 13 years ago. And, and uh, I'm basically here to, to mentor under Mike a little bit. And uh, it's a hobby
0: for me. Yeah, it's cool. So in this episode, we just kind of want to talk about the, the relationship from being a student uh, and also being a coach or a leader. And all of us here work in roles where we're uh, leaders or coaches, and Chris... Even though Chris just says he's a contractor, Chris runs a very successful company. So even though he's not with clients, mentoring and coaching like like most of us are, he's still in the position where he's a leader in his business and running a company with employees and all that kind of stuff. So,
1: all hey, you st- don't want to you don't want to like <clears throat> uh, mute the point that he is runs a successful business. Like that, yeah. You know, there there are tons of people out there that run businesses but again, there's not as many that run successful businesses like, like yeah, he has. Yeah,
0: exactly. So. So, so it's interesting. So Chris is actually the one who introduced me to, um, to the working dogs. And I got out of the SEAL teams and I came back and I was doing some firearms instruction for, for Chris and his wife. And like, this dude needs a
4: dog. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he definitely has So Chris a dog. is like, he needs a Chris shows me his dog. He's got a Dutch Shepherd.
0: People. I've never seen a Dutch Shepherd before. So like, I've never I'm seen like, one dude, either. I'm like, what the hell is that? That thing looks like a freaking like an African prairie dog. <laughs> <laughs> they have a brindle coat, like this tiger stripe coat. I dingo ate my baby. Yeah. And this thing was huge. It was like this 90 pound dog, but it looked way bigger. Really intimidating looking. And this dog was just so smart. And I remember when we were out of your house, Chris, you. Uh, is has a roofing company so he's got big ladders and all this stuff and he throws a ladder up against the side of his house he's like here you want to see something cool i'm like yeah i love cool things he's like watch this quinn climb and this dog climbs up like a two and a half story ladder <laughs> onto the roof i'm like dude get the hell out of here i've never seen a dog climb a ladder before he's like yeah watch this quinn go 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 Pup, and the dog runs across the roof and jumps up on top of the chimney and he tells the dog to lay down. The dog lays down and I'm just standing there like my jaw dropped and he, I'm like, how the hell did you get the dog off the roof? He's like, oh yeah, he just climbs back down the ladder. I'm like, get the hell out of here. Dogs climbing down ladders. So he has the dog climb down the ladder and I'm like, dude, that's the coolest. I, I had no idea dogs could do that. And he's like, oh yeah you can do lots of stuff. You ever been in a bite suit? I'm like, no. He's like, you want to get in one? I'm like, yeah. All so next thing you know, all the friends are over who have working dogs, and, and then, you know, for the next three years, I'm the I'm the dog decoy, you know, and uh, and working with Chris, and Chris had introduced me to the dog world, and now I've been working with the dogs for about nine years. Um, so it's kind of interesting how everyone here is sitting around this table today, kind of got brought together through working with with this animal. So. Chris, you, you don't have to get like a. It,
4: I'm just saying, the only thing that limits what a dog could do is you. It's a yeah. hammer, really, is yeah. the, the ultimate limitation. So yeah. you don't have to get
1: like real deep into it if you don't want to, but where <laughs> where did you like first start? Like, what brought you to, to doing working with dogs?
4: I, I wanted a dog simply just for, for man tracking, hmm. for the fun of it. And, uh, you really, it, it, that's just, you really, it's very challenging just to do one aspect of it. The dog, it's, it's got to be well-rounded all the yeah. way around. So these dogs, listen, they've been bred for generations to, to fight and bite man. So you can go, oh, you know, I don't know if I need a dog. Everybody's got this different idea of what this uh, protection dog is. And they don't realize it's, you don't you don't even realize it's a protection dog, yeah. you know, until, uh, until you see it turn on when you need it. And you kind of... You had to get deep into it because if you want a dog that's capable of doing the work that I was looking for, they were, they have it in their genetics to, to fight and bite, and you have to teach them when you, they can and they can't, or mm-hmm. else they'll just make their own decisions eventually, so.
1: I think for me, like, my attraction to the, the dog stuff is just that I love animals, so I, I re, like, I'm just naturally, attract like, attracted to the dog stuff, but it's the whole, the stronger bond that's created through... Working with the dog, like in the bite work and everything else, like I've had pets, and yeah, I've had a bond with them. But the dogs that I've worked with, like that bond is so much stronger, and, and like it's almost like you're you're you have one brain. Yeah, you're going through stress. Yeah. Together. It creates so a very tight bond. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, and that's what you hear a lot from the, from the military guys. I'm sure, JJ, you can contest to that. Yeah, the, the guys yeah. that you went to war with, coming out of it, it you know, the the you're tight the, the friendship, and it's weird because. There's a lot of guys that I was at the SEAL team with, and when we got off work, we didn't even really hang out. Yep. You know, yep. And like, I've been you're with like, you all day for <laughs> yep. like the last six months. I don't feel like hanging out with you, but still, there's this odd friendship that's still there. Um, <clears throat> that there's this really strong connection, even even if the connection isn't like we have personal interests that line up, but but going through stress together builds a relationship that's that's different from a surface level kind of um relationship i guess that's just yeah when you don't have your
1: family and stuff around and you're deployed and and all you have is your military family like the bonds grow stronger and then if you're stationed overseas so and and you don't have your family you deploy with these guys and then you get back from deployment and you're still with these guys because you're not going back to your family like the the bond is it's very strong
2: especially if it's like you know you're together during that mortal danger period oh, yeah you know and, yeah. and you're 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 feeling everybody's emotion you know everybody's scared you, you know and you're watching these other men do things that uh, inherently in ourselves our preservation mechanism is going to say don't go do that don't go do that but but you know your buddy back there it's either me or him that's got to do it and you don't want him to have to do it you yeah. know you're like if something's got to happen let it happen to me you know so that's,
0: something, so that's something interesting. So as far as working with the – this is kind of like a two-part thing, and I'll have Mike and JJ kind of comment on this from their perspective. But when you talk about, JJ, that there's um, – you're working with these high school kids trying to let them push through adversity and all this stuff, and, um, and there's a gap there that you see in, uh, in this younger generation coming in with, with technology and all that kind of stuff and um and not having the ability or the experience of working through stress uh you know that's, one, you of safe place. Yeah. 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 that's one of the things yeah that's one of the things place. that, that Mike, I'm sure place. you Still see
4: the- you know I'm going to the colleges
0: well,
1: that's a whole, other, know, topic. <laughs> topic. A whole other topic. That will yeah. be some real. I don't yeah. have anybody
4: operating on me in 20 years that ever needed to go to a safe state, Right? 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 Yeah.
0: So Chris has got some really interesting <laughs> stories on that. We'll bring Chris over when we go to safe Now he wants to talk, Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Uh, Pissing me off now. The stories no, he, he was telling sword. me from when he went to look at the Ivy League schools for his daughter. Like, the stories coming, yeah, coming out of that just blew my mind as far as what well, you're talking about well you know
2: i'm glad you brought up ivy league schools because uh my starting quarterback his dad went to brown right okay yeah and we're an all boys catholic school and uh we have this thing called the fellowship of christian athletes and they they pull in like high profile people to talk to these kids like the head of the fbi like we're yeah cost fifteen thousand dollars to go to this high school you know yeah um I, I had a single mom i was lucky i was good at sports they, they paid my way but I, I abused my body the whole time for him you know. So you
1: didn't run off your good looks, is that what you're trying to I say? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: not Murph, man, come on. <laughs> um, and and I, 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 sp- I got a chance to speak to them because, uh, you know, I, I, I don't mean to blow my own horn, but I had a lot of scholarships to play linebacker in college and I turned them down because of 9-11. I was a junior in high school and that, the day I was in class and we had this stupid thing called Channel 2 News, right? Yeah. Everybody had their head down doing something and I was looking up and I raised my hand and I said, what, what movie is this? Because the first tower came down. It was on mute and the teacher's like, this isn't a movie. You need to go get the principal right now. And uh, that day was the day I made up my mind that I'm joining the infantry as soon as I get out. I'm done with football. It's a game. You know, I learned what I needed to learn from it. And so I had to do, I, I call it nowadays my walk of shame because I had to go to all these schools that offered me scholarships and, and they'd bring me down, give me a cheerleader for a weekend, take me around, you know? And I had to go to them and say, hey, I really appreciate everything you did, but I'm joining the Marines. And I got the door slammed in my face by everybody but one person, mm. you know? And that broke my heart. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Because I'm doing it for them. Yeah, You know? especially they're not after doing that it. event. Yeah, they're not yeah. going and, um, you know, when I got to speak in front of the kids in that group of the Christian athletes, one of the fathers was there, and he went to Brown, and he came up to me after, and he's like, "Please keep telling my kid this stuff, you know, keep, you know." And I was shocked. I said, "You went to Brown, and you're te- you you like me, you know, because I had other professors in college that went to Brown. They hated me, you because know, yeah. I'm, I'm not even right. I'm, I'm behind you, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. you, my views are way out there." And uh, he was like, no, please, absolutely, <laughs> keep talking to him, keep him going, you know? And uh, that made me feel good, but uh, I also know there's a lot of those people who, as soon as they go somewhere like that, they think they're better than everybody else, Yeah, you know? And, and it, it's a real turnoff it's to the normal is. people, Yeah, you know? Because it's like, well, we can all learn mm-hmm. that, we just didn't have the money to go there, Yeah, you know what I mean? So, but I digress.
0: Yeah, so one of the interesting things with that, so as you see the to come back uh... and and wrap back into this as you see that in the in the school system right it's one of the things and Mike, you can talk more on this but i know i've seen it from working with other uh, dog handlers is that the people want the dog to work but they don't want to get sweaty and and go through the stress themselves Mm -hmm. and i've noticed there's a huge difference in a dog handler's relationship with his dog who doesn't want to go through the stress who wants the dog to do the stressful stuff for him yeah. right versus the handler who is willing and able and will lead first and foremost into those you know worst situations and i'm going to lead the dog into this and through it there's going to be a relationship and afterwards i can then send the dog out ahead of me mm-hmm. because of that relationship that we now have and the dog's like i will work for you it's not I'm demanding you to work for me like you want to add on that or if you've seen similar things in that
3: Oh 100 uh, percent you know stress builds like you know we talked to him before and, and as you two go through the the stress together your level of communication grows too and it creates a much stronger bond um, my rule of thumb has always been you can't ask a dog to do something you're not willing to do yourself so yeah. if you want the dog to climb the ladder like Chris said Chris is climbing the ladder with the dog yeah. right eventually the dogs going have enough confidence to, to overcome that stress on his own but it it, it takes the two to do it and that way when you when you come across stress that neither one of you have seen before you're able to communicate your way through it yeah does that make sense
0: Yeah, yeah for sure so it's interesting to see how many people in the workforce or how many of the people that we deal with want to avoid the stress and discomfort in their lives in general and it's one of the things that really drew me into the dog training uh, me coming from the SEAL teams and going right into being a firearms instructor and like a, like a personal trainer as I was transitioning out of the military was the, the dog really relieved, or, or not relieved, it um, revealed a lot of things about myself because as we work with the dogs, it seems like you're training more the individual than the dog. Oh, 100%. And was, it was like working with the dog had kind of cut me wide open and exposed a lot of things that, like, maybe I could bullshit other people about, but you can't bullshit the dog. No, and it's like you can dog. see it; it's like a direct reflection, right? Right. So, um, that I found that to be very interesting, and it was it was one of those things that's cool as, as being a coach. In because we're just talking about dogs today, or or using that as as a, as like a platform to kind of talk on the topic. The uh, working with the dogs is one of those things that allowed me to stay in the student role. And here I'm doing something that I've never done before, something that was cutting me wide open and exposing, you know, different weaknesses or whatever that I needed to face and, and, and address. And, um, and one of the things that's great about that is from being a, in a coach standpoint, like you were just talking about a minute ago, JJ, like these people get this mighty complex, like I'm better than you, yep. when the reality is the moment you get into that complex where I'm better than everyone... You've stopped learning.
2: Exactly. Yep. Right?
0: When you stop learning, you've now plateaued. Yep. And and now if you can't even relate to where that person is, is in their personal journey of, of learning and, and developing their own skills or or whatever it is that, that they're that they're working on, you know, in that in that you know, certain time in their life in that process, then how can you really relate to them and help guide them through it if if you've already shut the door on there's nothing else for me to learn? Right. You know, so, um, <clears throat> I don't know, how do, how do you see that translating into the work that you do with, with people? Because working with the dogs, a lot of times you're more focused on the individual than the dog, the dog's kind of easy, isn't it? Yeah,
3: the dog's the easy part of the equation for sure. It's it's always the human being and because of the ego, we have to deal with that. You know, yeah. you know from an instructor standpoint, when you're on the line instructing your students, you're managing stress levels all day long, yep. right? But you're just managing the human part. So now I have to manage the dog and the human so yeah it throws a little bit more in there and and it, you have to be astute all right yeah and even when i'm teaching i learn like even yeah. today being here with you guys i'm watching how you're handling watching how chris oh why did he do that oh that was smart i haven't seen that before so even as i'm instructing or teaching or setting up i don't even call it instructing as i'm setting up drills yeah. for people to run right and that's all i'm doing is is setting up drills right and when i set up the drills when i come back the drills that that, that i showed you the ones that are, are beneficial to you you're going to take and build upon and then when I come back again you should have taught me something if I did my job correctly yeah my whole job is, as an instructor is to bring you to a point where you don't need me anymore is to give you the tools where you can you know
0: Self-critique.
3: yeah exactly yeah. but no one wants to do that yeah days. and
0: I think that's one of the things that really hurts the the instructors in general when <clears throat> when you try to build people up in a way that always keeps you on top, Yep. right? Like there's a lot of people who are like, I'm going to teach you something, but I'm always going to have an upper hand on you because I know the secret to this yep. and you don't, but I'm going to give you little bits of information because that's all I want to give you so that I always have the upper hand. Yep. And when you do that, all your, so now it becomes, well, are you being an instructor cause you like having control over people? Or are you being an instructor cause you really want to bring people and make them better?
1: And that's where that whole war of your ego comes in, you know. Yeah, when I was, when I was an Army combat instructor, so, like, that was, that was always my goal. My goal was, you know, the, the guy that, that trained me up before I went to the school and everything, he was like, don't ever lose from, from one of your students, no matter what you got to do. But the way I always looked at it was, no, I want to. I yeah. want that person to take what I taught them and be good enough not that i'm great yeah Yeah. not not that i'm great right but i want but i want them to have the confidence and have the skills to be able to beat me because then i know i'm effective i'm being effective i've taught you the basis that you need and you've built upon that i've done a good job yeah so that and that's that's how i always tested my how i did a good job it really helps that i'm horrible at it so (laughs) it's like hey do this do this they beat me and i'm good so next (laughs) And, and you know the
2: dogs seem to be a lot easier to to work with in high school boys you know yeah. the oh, yeah, hormones sure. are oh. raging you know a lot and uh, we got a lot of inner-city kids so some of the shit that com- stuff that comes out of their mouth mm-hmm. towards the coaches you know um, especially with a lot of the the um, fluffy rule changes to everything you know it's real hard to, to get a bead on okay does this kid need to be torn down or does this kid need to be built up right now yeah. you know just because they're raging with hormones you know you don't really know what's going on at home you got 160 kids you're trying to you know keep an eye on each one of them you know so i try to lead by example with them especially you know especially with the fluffy rules nowadays they brought me in to teach manhood so when the head coach said no we're not doing sprints anymore i just started running them myself and eventually kids started coming out and running them with me wow yep And, and they were like why are you doing this i'm like well I sprint to stay in shape or I run. I so hate you're it. You're
0: not allowed to have kids run sprints anymore? No, yeah.
2: but if yes. I do it on my own time and they come out with me,
4: <laughs>
3: you know. So what, the 40-yard dash
0: is not part of gym class anymore? Nope, No.
3: nope. Is that
0: considered
4: child abuse? Yeah. I guess, yeah. Shutter runs, guns, oh, too. Yes, my God. Yes. No There's no a kidding. whole bunch it is also... <clears throat> th- 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 and the concussions go to, to turn, Yeah. It's taking the stress out of it. <laughs> Yeah, Resisting exactly. The stress, the stress has own. been
3: removed. There's right? nothing like, wrong with stress. No, I don't mean yeah. to cut no, you guys off, no, no, But, you're, but yeah. stress builds, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if you do it correctly, okay. I call it using you know the theories of progressive resistance. Yeah. A little bit of stress at a time. The 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 dog or the human being accepts that stress level. Now you can build upon that and, and continue to build, right? And you started down here, level one stress, and you're up here, at, you know, hundred, whatever the case may be. But you're not going to get up here unless you apply stress. You need to. Bench pressing. You start. You know. You want to bench right. press three hundred pounds. You don't start three hundred pounds. You start at one thirty-five. Yeah. You know. You work that up, and you go to fifty-five. One. You're you're stressing your body. You're tearing your body down. You're giving it time to heal and go. And it's the same thing with the mind, right? You'll see it too. I see it when I'm when I'm instructing is what are the students absorbing, and where's that point where they're so stressed that they're not growing, right? Yeah. So to me, stress is good, but we yeah. take it apart. We take it away now because it can be. You know, negative or have yeah. detrimental effects to to the the personality. You know. And See now, yeah.
1: Rich doesn't know what any of that's like. He's yeah. always been great at everything that he's ever done. He's always been the especially best, especially singing. <laughs> so <laughs> and beard grooming. Yeah. <laughs> So he doesn't know what that's like. He's, he's, he's he, like, he went in and able to lift 300 pounds. There you go. So. And you know, we have some all people the like that. All the <laughs> <pounds>. you, <laughs> you,
2: get, <laughs> you get those young ones that are genetic freaks where yes. you can stick them in a situation where, you know, the yes. teen, they're looking at guys that are 6'5, yep. 320 pounds. And they're like, <clears throat> okay. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. and you're like, okay, we've got a good one here. Now, you go to that one and you say, start working with this kid. You know what I mean? You but, help this kid because he, he looks up to you, you know. You guys might not look up to me. You might think I'm nuts. Yeah. Help him. You know, he needs a buddy. He needs help. You know, don't
1: let him fall. The key is also trying to figure out how you foster that. Like, so if you have somebody who's naturally really good and and rich, I'm sure you went through this because in all honesty, rich has always been in really good shape. So like, you know, trying to, how do you, as a, as a mentor, as a teacher, how do you take somebody who's really good at something naturally and challenge that person? And that's, that's, like as as being yeah. a teacher, or as being an instructor, a mentor, like trying to find that—that's what's where every student is different—and yeah. trying to find that, like, okay, how do I challenge this student when everything that everybody else does, they're already really good at it? So, yeah. and, and that yeah, helps you grow of, as an instructor.
0: Yeah, part of that is understanding people's personalities and what drives people. And there's a bunch of books on this, and I've I've heard it talked about in types of personality types. I've heard it done in a color system and all this different kind of stuff. But there's different things that drive different people. So if, if there's this one, I forget the name of it, but it was based on colors and basically you had one, one person if you were gonna try to promote an event. It was like you had the people who were numbers people, you had the people who wanted to help everyone, you have the people who just love being a part of a team or a group and you have other people who wanna lead and be in charge. So you could have the same event and if you told if you talked about the event, the one way to the one person like three of those people wouldn't connect with it and one person would be really excited about it so like if you're talking to a leader type of personality it's like hey man this event's going to be awesome because there's going to be all these people here and and you're going to have the ability to make an impact and and you know when you leave this event you can go take charge with the you know this that or whatever where where you're working or whatever and they're like yeah man this is awesome but if you go talk to the person who just wants to help everyone they're like well you know i don't really want to be in charge I just want to help people, you know what I yeah. mean? So, uh, and vice versa, other people are like, I don't care about helping people or being in charge or anything, what are the numbers? Yep. How do the numbers work? How does it break down? Like, what are the, f- I want the facts.
2: That's the engineer. That's the engineer. <laughs> right? yeah. so, you, yeah.
0: so you need to know like part of like working, you know, as you get deeper into it, part of it is, is knowing the personality. Is this, is this the person who's the social worker? Is this the engineer? Is this the, the leader guy? or is this the um, the party person? And and depending on that, you can have a, a better way of challenge th- challenging yeah. them because you understand how their brain works or how their personality works, so you can challenge them kind of correctly. But uh, but it is an interesting thing though, because if you don't have, if they never get the actual, if, if you don't identify that and identify how to actually challenge them, then I know going through BUDS, which is the Navy SEAL training, <clears throat> they started looking for people who were like collegiate athletes or people who won like marathons yeah. or whatever, and they're super athletes, but they were always super athletes in the one sport that they were really good yeah. at. So it was like, okay, well, they're you look at it and they are like, well, this person's a winner. Okay, well, they're a winner in their one field, but how do they – it's not about do they win. It's how do you take loss? Mm-hmm. How yeah. do you handle the do stress? Do how the do you handle the failure? How do you handle getting your ass kicked at something? Do you roll over like a little bitch and walk away from it? Or – you go, I'm not going to let this happen again. I'm going to do something about it. Even if I'm not the winner next time, I'm going to start the process of, of moving in that direction because that's what happened. They brought these people who were super athletes doing like Ironman competitions and stuff. They came out and the first time they were put in cold water, something that they weren't good at before <laughs> and people were yelling at them and they had to, you know, they got thrown like a new type of stress. They... Like that, they're out. They just, the just keep in year. mind,
1: buds. Is before they the seals get their hairstylists and and their personal trainers and everything. <laughs> yeah, dude, so. you got to earn it. No, they're expensive. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've always said, give me your right to be a prima donna. I've always said, give me one person that has that desire and that drive to continuously learn something new. Yeah. Over ten people that are just naturally good at something, like, because that it doesn't matter what you're throwing at that person if they have that drive and that desire to learn. They're yeah. just going to keep absorbing. Yeah. And they're going to look for ways to get better and better and better at what you're teaching them. Yeah. Whether JJ, that's for you, you or somebody else.
0: What do you do to challenge yourself outside of the stuff that you're good at? Like, what, what do you do to um, to continue to put yourself in a student role, in a learning role, or something like that to, to challenge yourself so you can stay sharp when you're working with your students?
2: Uh, you know, this would be one of them. I, yeah. I, I drove down here from Ohio to come. I mean, this is, I've never done anything like this before, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys expected me to hop in the bite suit and be happy about it or not when, yeah. when we were talking about it, yeah. you know, but.
0: So JJ's first time in the dog, the bite suit that you like send the dogs to go attack. Um, <clears throat> was this weekend he's been in it all weekend just sweating his ass off just pouring his heart out out there doing on well. the training field doing for, a really good job for,
4: for JJ's history what he's done where he's been and what he's doing now it's rare to have somebody with uh as being as humble as he is and, and was willing and, and not having the ego issues that uh you have to work through when you try to make a new handler
0: yeah for sure what about you Mike what, what do you what do you have going on that that you do use to challenge yourself, or I
3: try to enroll in as many shooting classes as I can from many different instructors. Um, you know, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu has been great at that. You know, that's yeah. one art, or you know, quote unquote, a live uh, martial arts is one place that uh, you can't lie to yourself because yeah, you know, you're going to get pressure tested and yeah, you're going to find out real quick of, of what your capabilities actually are. Yeah, so for sure. I, I try to be a student, and, and even when I'm working, I bring in subject matter experts all the time. You know, yeah. uh, whether it's you know long range shooter, short range, if we're repelling or you know, um, I'm very good at man tracking with dogs. But if we need to bring in a subject matter expert to teach a human how to track without the dog, we can do that too. Yeah. So you need to put your ego aside, and, and just because you have a, a grasp and you can do it doesn't mean you can should teach it. Yeah. You know, and that's been a real hard lesson for me to learn over you know the past ten. Fifteen years is just because you do it doesn't mean you can you should be teaching it some of the the best jiu practitioners I know um, are awful teachers yeah you know, they're phenomenal on the mat they're yep. phenomenal competitive athletes or phenomenal human beings but they're awful teachers they just can't relay the information yeah and to me it's a very special human being that can one can aco- can do it and two can relay that information into other you know other individuals so um, yeah, just try to be the student and, and learn, read, do everything I can as, as much as I can.
0: You know? Yeah, very cool. Yeah. So, one thing, one thing to kind of add into that, because right now we're talking about putting focus in the things that, that you're not good at, which may, maybe you become good at as, as staying in the student role. So, that way you can relate to your clients better and stay sharp, you know, and you can understand and relate to your clients as they're going through their struggle, their process because you're still in it for yourself uh, in some other form outside of your expertise. So, But something to keep in mind there is, and this is a whole other topic on itself, but I, I don't want to walk away from this, this talk without addressing this. Um, one of the things I learned from John Maxwell, who's a really good leadership author, was he says, if, if you constantly focus on the things that you're not good at to try to become good at, then what happens is the people who are really good at that, they're still going to be better than you. Yep. So why are you taking all of your mental energy and time trying to build yourself up personally to be good in the areas that you're horrible at, right? or to be the best in the areas that you're horrible at? So with that, what we like to teach is, or, or and that I got from John Maxwell was, you want to identify and surround yourself. Identify first where you suck. And then find the people who are really good at that and surround yourself with those people who are good in those areas. So from a standpoint of uh, running a team or developing a business or something like that, I'm not putting this podcast out today with these gentlemen basically saying, you need to go spend your time on all the areas you suck at. All we're saying is for you to be a coach or to be a leader, you need to stay humble and continue to to work in areas that... um, that you need to grow on. And that might not be a personal growth thing. That might be just anything that strikes your interest that you're continually, uh, continuously learning in. You make sense? There's a difference there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, just, just to clarify that, so that way we're not sending you off to, to go focus all your time and energy on the things that you're not good at. As far as that goes, I'd find people who are, who are good at it and and bring them in as part of your team and and surround yourself with those people in, in your weak areas. Yes,
1: Continue to grow and be good at what you're good at, also still working on your weak areas, but bring in subject matter experts on your weak areas yes that that can help you to grow in those yeah. areas without needing to spend as much time you don't need yeah. to reinvent the wheel the wheel's already been made bring somebody in that can that can help you make it better and ask Go questions ahead. a lot of people yeah. are,
2: are real yep. hesitant to ask questions because they feel like they're they, they sound stupid or
4: something
1: saying like that I don't know. Yep. people do somebody has a some question <laughs> yeah. i don't know yeah you and know. there's nothing wrong with saying and i don't but know but there's people <laughs> that but are afraid to say they don't know mm-hmm. something like if yeah. somebody asks you a question it's like well, you know, they'll make something up, whatever the case is. Like, I have zero problems with telling you I have no clue how to do yep. something. Dude, yep. James doesn't know how to do a lot of things. I don't know how things. to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> but I, have, I don't have any problems with it, like, especially when, I, when I'm instructing something. If somebody's like, hey, well, why do you do it this way? I don't have a problem with saying, well, because this is how I was taught. And so I'm relaying that down to you. And then, But in times that, 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 that that's happened, it's made me go, wait a second. Why am I just doing that? Why why is that acceptable to me? That shouldn't be acceptable. And then I work on that. Mm-hmm. So, but but that's something yeah. I wouldn't know that I'm doing that if yeah. somebody doesn't ask me that question. Yeah. So, and I've come
0: to realize over the years, there's way more things James doesn't know than <laughs> he <because James laughs> does know, and that's the truth. So, you, um, do you guys have anything you want to want to add on that?
3: I uh, just I think you know being a, a mentor, a teacher, instructor, you have it's a great responsibility, and you have yeah. a responsibility to your students to make them better at whatever you're teaching them that what you are you know yeah. do not hoard information okay yep. it's not going to make you financially you know better off or you know it's going to hurt you in the long run you yeah. know if you leave a, a you know students behind that's your legacy is, is your yeah, students you for know sure. i i take pride you know my mentor andre he or excuse me my apprentice andre he runs Dias canine you know, aren't you upset he has more followers, he's doing all... No, I give him the drills and I'm happy. When he's, he's posting something that's badass, I am ecstatic, you know, because he, he's taken the information that I taught him, he's processed it, and he's made the drills his own. He's put his own little personal mark on him. And that makes me ecstatic. I get happy when I see that. I want to see my students grow and develop, you know.
0: And there's a lot of people who would sit there and go, dude, that's bull crap. Why does my student have more followers than me? I taught him how to do that and then, so then this brings us back to the whole thing again. Well, did you teach him to build you or did you teach him to build him?
3: I think it's by default, you know? It's it's, a, it's a, it should be an it's
0: a relationship. It should be a relationship yeah. it should, yeah. but I'm just saying in general there's w- there's a lot of people who say that they want to see their their students do better and outperform them. And grow it, but a lot of times, yeah, like Chris is yeah. saying in the background, he's mumbling, "They're full of <laughs> shit," like, and it's and it's the truth, and it's one of those things that we just need to do a reality check with ourselves, and um, you know, be honest you know, where, where are our true intentions? When we walk out in the training field, who are we there for? Mm-hmm. And that's a hard thing to do. It's a hard pill to swallow sometimes. And, and I did it in I mean, the oil
2: field, because uh, I'm a, contract, a consultant. So I can work for multiple different companies, and a lot of them have thousands of employees, you know? And if, if one's having a problem, I won't mention specific names of other companies. I'll be like, hey, we ran into this over here. Here's what they did, you know? Uh, here's how we fixed that problem. This might apply to you. And, and a lot of times, they're shocked. They're like, why are you telling me this? And I tell them, I'm trying to better my industry. If we don't share yep. this knowledge yes, with each other, yes, yep. we stay in a stagnant position yep. and nothing advances. Yep. We yep. need to advance, yep. constantly, yes. you know? And, and
3: that's the biggest issue I see with the firearms industry and the dog industry, you know, they're very similar. The only, to yeah. me, the only industry worse than the firearms industry is the dog industry, right? The, yeah. It's like, it drives me nuts. But it, until everyone comes together and, and, and grows and starts developing the, the industry as a whole, you know yeah. we're all going to we're all going to fall apart you know, especially the firearms industry you know with the the environment right now until you guys come together and understand that hey if i succeed we all succeed type thing yeah you know then
0: and we could do 20 freaking topics yeah. on that i mean there's so many directions you could go you know
1: yeah i mean that's exactly what i was going to say though like mm-hmm. playing sports and and richie plays well we all play sports mm-hmm. you know you're used to a coach that gives you every bit of knowledge they have mm-hmm. brings in people to help build build you up, whether it's in strength and conditioning or whatever the yep, case exactly. is, like everything. And then you go out and you go take a firearms class and I've literally had and I'm not gonna name names, but I've literally had instructors say, This is the way to shoot. Yep. Well what about this way? No, no, no. This is the way to shoot. Yeah. And then it's in like absolutes is yeah. Yeah. And then yep. I never go back to that person because that's the thing. Like there's always something different and that's why I, when I first started taking classes with Rich, I was I was like, this is the guy to learn from because he told he said multiple times, like, look, here's here's a way that I think is really good. This works for me. Yep. This will probably work for you. Go out, train with other people, and, and find your own style somewhere in the middle. Yep. And and I that's that's always stuck with me. So
0: yeah, we hear I see that stuff all the time. It's like, this is how you hold the gun. Like this is the grip. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, and I have people who make posts and there are other firearms instructors who are like, I can't believe you're teaching your clients to hold the pistol like that. that's so wrong, that's like the 80s wants their grip back, or the 90s wants their grip back, and I'm like, like, dude, honestly, I have like six different grips I use. There's certain fundamentals that you need to have in the grip to control the gun, but depending on someone's hand size, what gloves I'm wearing, what model gun it is, because if it's a little tiny like the LCP, yeah. I'm not holding that gun the same way because the handle is too damn small as I would hold the Mark 23 SOCOM. Or, 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 yeah. or, oh, if, you're,
1: or if you're yeah. teaching, you know,
2: room clearing with a full size um, AR, you know, you're going to modify your grip on that or choke up or you know. Yeah. I mean? so, a lot of so there's things. a lot.
0: There's a lot of those absolutes, and 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 again, it, it comes down to we want to take the fear out of the coaching, the the fear that. If other people know what I know they're gonna be better than me and people are gonna leave me or they're gonna go there or this or that. Am I building my client or am I building my own ego? You know, and when we stop learning, I feel that's one of the times where you really find yourself where you start getting pigeonholed into I'm building my own ego, because I'm not learning anything. I have nothing new to add. Yep. I have nothing new to add because I have nothing new to learn. Yep. Because I stopped learning and now my my ego's in, in um you know, my ego becomes very sensitive and fragile because i have fear because i know i have nothing new to add you know so we would just challenge you to continue to learn right learn from multiple coaches you you can learn from us there's lots of great other instructors out there we recommend you continue to train with everyone but the 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 big thing is is as you grow and as you become successful don't forget the process of staying in a student role keeping your mind open and continuing to grow yourself Uh, not just personally but you know physically in, in different skill sets.
1: Rich, what, uh, just to kind of wrap things up here, what um, what kind of courses you got coming up? Today's the 18th of, of February. What do you got going on?
0: Oh, we got a bunch of stuff coming up next weekend. We got the precision marksmanship uh, long gun course. And then um, after that, we have the um, advanced firearms uh, manipulations. It's basically would be similar to like a tactical pistol carbine course. What's uh, the
1: dates on the, on the long arms?
0: Uh, whatever next weekend is. right there, I'm <laughs> <gone>. <laughs> I try to do Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, just
1: watch, just just watch out for it on on the Rich's Instagram. It'll be yeah, it'll be posted up check there.
0: So we got combat mobility coming up again, and uh, some other stuff. But do you, know, you guys have any courses coming up, Mike? Um, not necessarily courses, but email through the
3: website if you're interested in uh, in, in learning. That's yeah. On the ins-
1: yeah. on the ins- on Rich's Instagram, we'll go ahead and we'll uh, share all the links and stuff for for Mike's information, so you guys can get a hold of him.
0: Yep. So again, it's Mike at Third Eye Canine, and uh, like always, you guys can check out our site FullSpectrumWarrior.us and um, plug in and stay tuned for more information coming out.
1: All right, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. I wanted to thank our guests for coming on out, and it was awesome training this weekend. Uh, so, we'll hope you guys uh, enjoyed it. If you have any questions, just hit us up uh, over on the Instagram. Thanks. See ya.